Hey guys, this is Hunter Levine, and thank you for listening to the Captain's Collective Podcast. Brought to you by Skinny Water Culture, Hell's Bay Boatworks, Traeger Grills, Costa Sunglasses, Turtle Box Audio, and Orvis Fly Fishing. Over the past few years, I've had the opportunity to work with various people involved in outdoor media, from fellow podcasters to photographers to full-scale production companies. In today's episode, I sit down with my good friends Steve Yanker and Chad Smith of Preach Productions and have a fun conversation around fishing, working through differences, and creative freedom. Chad and Steve are some of the best people I've met so far. They're hard workers, highly creative, and a lot of fun. Special thanks to Master Restoration in Clearwater, Florida for giving us a place to hang out and record. We hope that you enjoy our time together. Thank you for listening. This is the Captain's Collective. I'll say it's anything you choose, I think it picks you, you know, it's genetic. Let everything else stop in the world and just be quiet. And it's amazing where your mind goes at that point um, and where it doesn't go. And sometimes just that quiet space is, is what we need, and especially in this day and age. You have a fly rod in your hand. It's this tool that takes you to beautiful places. You meet hopefully wonderful people. And it's just this cherry on top of this outdoor adventure. When the fish is coming, that shot within a shot, that timer starts. No one else knew anything anyway, and you just might definitely making it up if you're going along. But so what Grandpa and Dad would tell me is like, all right, where's an old big trout laying out there? Where's his shaving cream on the water? Where's he been shaving this morning? Has to look for his shaving cream on the water, and that's where he's gonna be. I meant to open my. I can fake it. That's actually pretty <laughs> good, dude. Mine would be like. Steve, what would yours sound like? Oh, see, <laughs> he's trying to do it with the wizard. This guy. Yeah. Kind of <laughs> I knew those things would come in handy one day. Oh boy. You guys good? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, hey, guys, thanks so much for hanging out today and joining us on podcast. It was fun to walk around Ybor City and get some uh, some background and some pretty funny stories as Chad relived all of his uh, police <laughs> undercover police officer days around the streets of Tampa. And then Steve had some some great, just sweet and deep confessions about his <laughs> youthful mischief that he got into. Um, but we're going to have a great time today, and I've had the privilege of getting a chance to travel around with you guys some over the past year or so and um, get to see how you guys work as a team. And I'm just excited to get into some of what makes, what I believe what makes Preach so great. But before we do that, can you guys give a little introduction and maybe share how you met? Uh, I'm Steve Yankar. I am the owner of Preach Productions. And um, I don't know, how long have we known each other? I mean, that's gotta be close to three, three years, yeah. maybe two yeah. and a half. Three years probably working with Chad and um, yeah we met we're both from Tampa yeah um, it's definitely a very unique way of uh, <laughs> meeting each other yeah uh, maybe I'll help you out a little I'll back it up a little bit so you know I have an unorthodox way of coming into this industry I'm not a fishing guy quote-unquote um, my path was a little bit different you know I started 
out of high school, military life. Then from there, I had a family, got into law enforcement, did that whole thing. And, you know, I was struck by an unfortunate incident that I had to retire from law enforcement. And, you know, being a retired young guy, quote unquote, you uh, you find yourself in different lanes, man. And I started <laughs> I taking up uh, fishing. My brother is a big time offshore guy. And it's kind of when GoPros are like coming out, I guess, maybe like GoPro threes. Yeah. And I jumped in the water one day and took a picture with a selfish of GoPro underwater. And I'm like, man, this this is cool. You know, instead of everybody has a story on the mm-hmm. water, like we all everybody now, it's not a you can come back and tell that fishing story like, hey, man, I caught this mm-hmm. fish. But unless you can prove it, everybody wants to see pictures and stuff. So, yeah, I'm like, this is a cool avenue to take. And so I'm like, I started getting into more of like. Not doing the angling, but mm-hmm. like telling the story behind it, and and so I was like, "This is a passion." I'm retired now, and life didn't go the way I planned on it going. So I got into it, and you know, I, again, I don't come from fishing background. I come from something a little bit different. So, I got, like anybody, I guess that does this, they start mm-hmm. taking pictures of weird angles and stuff. <laughs> I don't have an eye for fishing. I don't watch fishing shows. I don't do any of that fishing. And I think because of that. Mr. Steve here, <laughs> the creative genius he is, and we kind of hooked up over social media. Like, mm-hmm. hey man, we do it. We both have a different style, and kind of yep. met one day at a bar, <laughs> and like, and next thing you know, this thing is uh, yeah. is going off. But it's funny, is so to backtrack a little bit before then. Steve's been running preach. He is the owner of this. Been doing it mm-hmm. a lot, long time before I was ever even introduced into the game, and. I remember Steve used to, and maybe I'm overshooting this. I don't want to you're, say it for you. <laughs> yeah. Like the where swagger yeah. stuff. Well, so, okay. So my background, I, uh, I'm from Tampa, went to USF for mm-hmm. undergrad. And then I went to uh, Brooklyn college in New York for uh, grad school. And then my wife or my girlfriend at the time, she got a job, um, doing work for marketing for visit florida mm. and they're or visit florida keys and they're based in miami so we moved from new york to miami and i was just filming stuff um i started with swagger swagger fishing and uh, dan and the owner and um, i have an art background so we had a gallery kind of pop-up shop in winwood for a while and was running that but preach was always like my side project if mm-hmm. i did something that wasn't swagger related or whatever um like if I went and filmed skating or surfing or something, um, and then moved back to Tampa, um, and had been re- me and Chad had been writing uh, each other on online and stuff and whatever. And then when I moved back, yeah, we met at this crusty <laughs> shithole bar that I <laughs> frequented. And um, are there any of those in the Ebor Tampa area? Oh, the Ebor's <laughs> pretty much <laughs> one giant shithole bar. Um, but yeah, we met there and uh, I don't know, like, so my perspective, I guess, that I came into the fishing thing was from an art background. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I grew up fishing and stuff with my dad, but never, it wasn't like, I don't know, it wasn't the biggest thing to me. There's other things and um, never filmed or took cam- uh, any camera stuff out there. So um, meeting Chad, it seemed like he was kind of like that, mm-hmm. you know, someone that's not at all from the industry uh taking photos or looking at something a little different you know um and yeah we kind of like hit it off with that and then the funny story to add to that interrupt is when i was doing the whole police thing and plain clothes and we were doing these search warrants at the time and you got i have a have 
everybody at that time, Instagram is new, and the big mm. thing was swagger fishing out there, and they had like the trendy thing that was against the norm because you know when fishing, usually the the message that swagger was putting out was not the norm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And they were making buffs or neck gaiters or whatever you guys want to call them that had like the ODB look on the buff. It was like the gold teeth with like the. And I go, and I was always thought I'm like. Man, I was telling my partner at the time, I'm like, next search one we do, I'm getting one of these ODB buffs yeah. from Swagger. Yeah, Little did like I know, like, door. yeah, <laughs> we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to take all these. I'm gonna have to run some tests on them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm like, the cover, you know, our our faces and stuff. I'm like, I'm just gonna get a Swagger ODB buff. And little did I know. The guy I'm sitting next to now, that's Steve, that's producing that. Talk about opposite sides of the world, mm-hmm. you yeah. know. Um, and back to the Ebor thing, like we walked around a little bit today. It's crazy where Steve used to live in yeah, Ebor and yeah. do all those things. I was working those streets at the time, just in a, obviously he's on one side of the fence and I'm clearly on the other. So yeah, yeah. So yeah. before all this, every fishing video, all that stuff, I was in undergrad at USF and I lived in Ebor and bartended and worked in Ebor and Chad was undercover cop yeah. in Ebor and we I mean, obviously we didn't know each other but it's funny like we my house in Ebor we stood there today and the little parking lot across is where like all the undercovers <laughs> would meet before they do a bus yeah. and I'm just sitting in like like just yeah. to think back it's, it's pretty trippy it's totally a, a small world and when I met, it's funny is because when I saw like back then, I'm looking at these videos that Swagger's putting out. It's mm. obviously Steve. We now know that does did all that. And mm. I'm like, man, this is serious talent. So fast forward a year or two when I happened to retire because of a medical reason. Um, and, and I started to get into this a little bit more. Steve was one of those guys like I emulated, like as far as if it come to fishing, I didn't know him at the time. Like this is prior to us meeting. So I'd been doing like, quote unquote, diving into photo film mm-hmm. and fishing probably for about a year. I've been doing this like three years now. So a year with, and then Steve, well, Steve was one of those guys, like not to make his head swell anymore, <laughs> but I looked at Steve like, man, this is, I don't follow a lot of guys in the fishing realm, but Steve was one of the guys that was putting out something different. So when me and Steve met and, you know, I'm like kind of small world went from, Hey, the ODB buff, yeah. to like now dude this is crazy and in such a, a short time and i think it goes back to and we yeah do and stuff differently than others do. and that was right when we met swagger had ended and that's why i moved back to tampa so i was in miami and then it ended and i was f- like fully like okay i'm gonna start my keep do the preach thing and just make it full time but i moved back to tampa and that's like pretty much right yeah the, the same time week that uh, yeah. back we met and uh, yeah, we hit it off. I, I think the first time, so we met at the bar, and we kind of hit it off in like polar opposites, but uh, can still get along. And then I took you to the skate park with my buddy John, and uh, who I've shot since fucking high school. And um, he saw a picture that Chad took and was like, "Oh my god, this is the best shot anyone's ever gotten of me." I'm like, "Dude, I fucking shoot you all the time." And this guy comes and never been to a skate park in his life and takes like a sick photo. So it was kind of like, "Okay, yeah, it's he's definitely got a different look." And that's, you know, you want to surround yourself with people, or at least I want to surround myself with people that are different from me because mm-hmm. I think it adds to everything you do, whatever it's socially, work-wise, everything. Yeah, and I want to dive a little bit into that and love just to hear from both of you guys. I think there's a tendency, it's true in the fishing industry, but it's really just true across the board, especially in in America today. 
and even outside of America to want to create what what's called echo chambers where we just surround ourselves with people who say the same stuff back to us because mm-hmm. we like that like we want we want to hear people it feeds our ego to say yeah exactly man that's exactly what i think mm-hmm. and it's a discipline to like get outside of that box and and to put people in your life that are going to say actually push back on things i'd love just to hear from from each of you kind of how you feel like coming from you know chad a more conservative law enforcement background steve and not so conservative not so long law enforcing <laughs> background uh how how you guys have seen that benefit yeah, yeah, okay, so, yeah, maybe it, like, s- stems from uh, art and art school and whatever. Um, you know, living in New York and going to art school, I mean, that's probably the most motivated I've ever been. You know, you're around people that are always hustling and all of it, and uh, you have critiques every week or every day. And, um, my grad school, I, I was also, uh, it was a specific grad school program where I could teach while I was there, so mm-hmm. I was, like, a professor for uh, undergrad drawing mm-hmm. class, so... You know, I was critiquing those kids and, like, teaching. Um, so, yeah, you're around people that are different or people that are pushing you. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, I feel like it feeds on everything, socially and your work. It's just different. It's mm-hmm. unique. You can get stagnant, and I, I think uh, it's easy to get stagnant in this industry because you'll get successful. People know your little niche, and they're like, oh, yeah, this guy produces and blah, 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 but you're just going to keep doing the same thing. I mean, mm-hmm. to me, it's not motivating. I mean, other people, it works for them, but, um, and then socially, I mean, me and Chad are polar opposites too, uh, pretty much on every subject, but I think there's like a level of respect and, um, also too, like, okay, so I grew up, I fucking hated cops. I still yeah, yeah, have a disdain towards <laughs> law enforcement, but, also, the whole thing, too, is, like, not taking yourself too seriously. I think that's, mm-hmm. like, my biggest thing and like, finding people that I like to hang out with or whatever is people that can, like, make fun of themselves and just not take it too seriously. And I don't know a lot of cops that act like that, you know? <laughs> and when I met Chad, I mean, I was like, oh, this guy, like, can fucking joke about, like, yeah, I was a fucking undercover <laughs> cop. And now, like, you know, yeah. it's just. See I that door over it, there? Kicked it down. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think it, I think it comes back to like trying to fit people into your own personal narrative, mm-hmm. uh, and and being from a law enforcement or conservative side more so, like, and vice versa. Me and Steve, we call the funny road dog thing. We're mm-hmm. always traveling together, and we have all these conversations that sometimes come up, especially in today's world. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. problems are all over the news regarding one situation or another, and we sit there and discuss them. So I think a lot of it, like Steve touched on, comes out of a avenue of respect to a degree like i respect where steve's come comes from i and you know his point of views and vice versa i think a lot of problems in today's world is people try to fit people in their own narrative and they're not willing to listen so yeah. and and it goes to like steve may say hey why did this happen well mm-hmm. or not why did this happen but like more so like hey this is how i see those things mm-hmm. and Hey, well, from I've been on this side of the fence, so I'm telling you probably this is where mm-hmm. it doesn't make either one and vice versa. Steve, mm-hmm. he could be like, eh, we share those mindsets, but it's we're open and there's an ideal respect to just hearing, you know, each other out. And I yeah. think when it comes to like our work ethic in that, I could surround myself when I got into this, I could surround myself with 30 people that think just like me, but what's that going to get me at the end of the day? And I think vice versa. So I surround myself. I look, Steve, now I consider a great friend, um, and probably the most creative dude I ever met, but 
and I know, like, why would I put some, I don't need the exact mold of me. Mm -hmm. I need somebody I'm working with that is probably different in every single way, and together we flourish. Yeah. If we're all the same, nothing's going to get accomplished at the end of the day. Yeah, mm -hmm. there's there's an unnamed restaurant over, over by me that, a lot of times we'll bring like people to or some of my dad's clients and stuff and it's good but like when you eat there a bunch like you realize they use the same seasoning on like everything <laughs> yeah, you yeah, know? yeah so like for us like we don't want to eat there like a bunch of times yeah. and i think like in life in general too and especially from a creative standpoint that and i like to consider myself creative and it's like you you just get tired of doing the same thing over and over and over again and if somebody's one interaction with you once a year is that thing then yeah they're not going to get tired of it but when, when you wake up every day and you're putting that to keep the metaphor, to take the metaphor way further than it needs to go, you keep putting that seasoning, that spice, as Steve likes to say, <laughs> that sauce, <laughs> that sauce, that swagger. Yeah. <laughs> when you're, but you know, like it, it gets old, you know, because you're trying to. I think too, whether you're a fishing guide or whatever your thing is, you know, it's easy too, just to like that thing just becomes an ends to a mean to make money, to pay bill, to turn the lights on, mm -hmm. to do whatever, and you forget like you're not you're not creating or doing it for you anymore. And I feel that for me, like this podcast, like I started this podcast, I wanted to meet people and hear stories and learn from them. And I don't just want to get stuck in the same ruts over and over again. Mm -hmm. So if I'm doing it for me, I'm going to sit down and try to do some things that are, that are new. Um, is I, that why we're here? That's why we're here today. <laughs> we ran out of people. Yeah, there was and a here we are. fly guys available. There was a deadline, and no, no, no. It's uh, and to me, like you know, I was just gonna say. Uh, I remember we were uh, riding on a trip together, us three, and we were going to film something for Captains for Clean Water down in Fort Myers. And around that time, there was a lot of talk about uh, officer-involved shooting. And I actually got a. I was sitting in the back seat like a like a stepchild back there. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> Mom and dad aren't getting along well today. Yeah. Um, no, and I got to hear you guys talk through it. And it, it also wasn't that like, uh, it was interesting to me because I think sometimes, you know, maybe you're on the boat with a client that's things totally different too. And it's like, well, we just won't even talk about it. We'll just leave it off limits. But you guys don't do that. That's mm -hmm. not how you guys work. No. It's not like, hey, we can work together even though we're way different because we just don't talk about it. Yeah, yeah. No. I think that's a totally different thing too. Yeah, yeah. we're not, we don't no. fucking hide anything. Yeah. <laughs> but te tease that out a little bit because it, it would be, because if you think about that, like mm -hmm. from my perspective, it would be hard to be friends with somebody when you say all these really important things you can't talk about them so that we can be friends, but yeah. then you're not really close friends because you're not hearing about like, hey, Chad, I know that you almost died at a at a <laughs> an actual strip club that we <laughs> we drove by today with no name and all that. And I know being a police officer is a very shaping thing in your life, but don't talk about any of that stuff with me. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, yeah. No, the, you can definitely have those situations where it's like oh yeah, we're respectful, but we don't even get into that subject. Or mm -hmm. like, oh, it's, it reminds me of like um, families on Thanksgiving. Like <laughs> uh, like there's certain family members you just, oh, don't bring that topic up because, mm -hmm. it, but with Chad, I mean, I don't give a shit. I don't <laughs> yeah, think yeah. he gives a shit yeah. to, to say it to me. And I mean, we definitely have, I mean, really. I, but I think that goes back to what you said earlier about like not taking ourselves like too seriously. Yeah. A lot of these people get so wrapped up in like, Hey, it's either my way or the highway, or this yeah. is and they're, they're, and and stuff that Steve says to me doesn't mean I have to agree with it. I respect mm -hmm. his opinion mm -hmm. and and how he views things. At the end of the day, though, that doesn't change how I view Steve as a person. It's mm -hmm. just we all come from different places and we all come from different life experiences. And maybe the way I see things is because of the life I've lived so far, and vice versa. Mm -hmm. And Steve, mm -hmm. I can't 
I'm not going to change what he's experienced in life so far, no matter how much I preach to him. You heard that. <laughs> no, yeah. No, so, yeah, so it doesn't matter. Like, uh, it doesn't, it, 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 it's just about respecting other people, and we have different visions. And again, we don't, we're not trying to change each other's mind, but. Mm-hmm. It is cool that you said that because we do a lot of our road trips are like that. We talk mm-hmm. through things, and at the yeah, end of the day, d- it might get us somewhere, and it might not. But I we totally don't. forgot. But I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, when you were in the back, and we we're like talking about the yeah the police shootings and whatever it was, some crazy topic. And yeah, but but yeah, it, we. I, yeah, I think I think that's important too. Like it's it's so like to tie this to what you guys do with storytelling. Mm. It's it's interesting too because. I know this from a podcast, like I used to write out every single thing I wanted to talk to people about. And there was some pros and cons of that. Like the episode I did early on with Rob Fordyce, Mm -hmm. like that was really great because Rob is just so well prepared and is just like, I I, I feel like Rob's just always on point, ready to give like an answer to any question. You know, I just feel like he lives that way and he he has that intensity and focus. But then I started realizing like, I don't want to sit down with people and try to force the conversation to go a certain direction or force it into this thing. Like I, I want to, you know, be able to allow it to be organic and allow people's story to determine Mm -hmm. what conversations we talk about. Like talk to me a little bit about, you know, from y'all's standpoint, you guys work across a lot of different mediums, which is something really fun for me because you guys don't just do fishing. You guys are, you know, photoing or videoing tattoo parlors and skaters. And Mm -hmm. I I don't know what all, other super extreme like kind of things but tell me about how you guys take that approach into into what you do from a storytelling standpoint i can start that um so i didn't come from a fishing background clearly steve said that already he doesn't either so i think our biggest thing is so i come from like i've been snowboarding since i was like 10 believe Mm -hmm. it or not living in florida i've been essentially almost everywhere so I'm naturally gravitated towards snowboard films or mm-hmm. like um, or different things in the snowboard mm-hmm. skiing community. Like I like the, the people that are the creatives for Burton and stuff. I look at a lot of their style and, you know, we try to implement that in, or into the fishing game. And Steve comes from a surfing skating community. And mm-hmm. I think one of the biggest things for me personally, linking up with Steve and uh, with this preach thing is uh, I, I remember one day I went to Steve's house and Steve goes, I'm going to give you a little bit of tidbit of what I do. <laughs> and so yeah. clearly this guy's been doing this forever and he's really creative. I couldn't tell, I'm not going to tell all his secrets, but he shows me the most weirdest films I have ever seen in my life. <laughs> and I'm creative like, process. Yes. He was like, Chad, go get one of those chickens from the backyard. I'm not quick. even I'm kidding. Gonna, I'm going to start. Let me, let me light some candles. I'm going to start my creative process. And all I can think is I'm sitting there. We're sitting there watching these films again. And the weirdest shit you'll ever see. And I look over at him and I'm like, man, this guy is not right. Yeah. <laughs> this guy, but then it's funny is fast forward. You know, we shoot with uh, Benny Blanco. And so one of the, how they film something in one of these weirdo films, I pitched this idea up to Steve on a skiff. And Steve knew exactly what I was talking about. He went and knocked out that shot. And that's just, I think that goes back to, we, we're not from the fishing community, so we pull a lot of stuff from different avenues. And I know you can piggyback off that, but <laughs> Steve is one of a kind guy. <laughs> so. I forgot. Yeah, I was showing Chad a bunch of like weirdo fucking like art films that are just like foreign weird films with these crazy. I directors. love how this one has no sound. <laughs> <laughs> they were, yeah. 
there was some weird stuff. But yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, there w- it was one little weird camera angle that kind of stuck out. And uh, I don't know, maybe eight months later, Chad was like, oh, yo, you remember that like weird fucking shot? And I'm like, uh-huh. And so mm-hmm. we knocked it out and looks really so good. So I think that goes back to the thing. Like, we don't, I think what makes, and especially Steve, different is that when you're not sitting around watching fishing films and how we bring that into the fishing world mm-hmm. is because we're creatively we're driven by other means besides fishing yeah yeah for sure. well yeah i would love to hear about that too just because i think i you know i, I started following i think i started following chad first but i'm not 100 percent sure why i know you came up and like fish with jay and i think maybe we had like message back and forth and then when I started doing stuff with Captains for Clean Water and Benny with Guiding Flow and everything, then that was when we got the chance to actually, like, hang out and film together. I know, like, I was on an episode with Benny, and then Chad came up there. And then just kind of not taking yourself too seriously, I didn't think that I would have – I didn't think I would hit it off with a camera guy because I just didn't <laughs> think that, like – I just got a picture of a camera guy, like, how you always see him in, like, uh, you know, dis- depicted in Hollywood, like, just like a big – Thing, you know big headset on and just like no personality just like no and uh and, and we hit it off but you know to me like then I started following I was like wow these guys have a, a big wide range which actually a lot of people that I've met that I've been really impressed with in the fishing industry they don't just fish they're into a lot of different things and they kind of have a certain approach they take to everything they do but for you guys you know you're you're involved in a lot of stuff but you are continually involved in fishing and and even with chad not having a background i'd love just to hear what's drawn you to fishing and wanting to do videography and photography and and work with brands in the fishing space um i mean honestly it was it I don't know. I, it just kind of started. Mm-hmm. And then the connections you make just like keep pushing it in that industry. I, 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 want, I don't want to like shit on fishing. Like I don't like fishing or something. I, I grew up fishing with my dad and out of Clearwater and love it. But it's just maybe I've kind of drawn away from it now because you're just doing it so much for work. So I'm just like, eh, yeah, my day off, I'm not going fishing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I honestly, I think it really is just from meeting the connections and that just keeps you in the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, I like branching out and doing other things because it doesn't make it so stagnant and you can bring it back into it. Um, I mean, I love being out there filming on skiffs and stuff, especially like yeah. the skinny water stuff, but um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, and the same, the echo that I didn't, I don't know shit on fishing either. I grew, how I got into this is doing the offshore fishing with my brother mm-hmm. And I just happened to take a picture that got a lot of recognition. I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. Maybe I'm retired now. Let's go try this out. Mm-hmm. And it's not that I don't like fishing. I, I think just to speak on what you said, we we're on the water so much. On my day off, I'm probably not going to be fishing. I am. I do like the creative process, especially in like the fly fishing industry. I love how a guy you can he makes his fly he, and they get so like involved in it. They sitting out there at their home late at night making these flies, mm-hmm. studying and then they take that and they go out in the water and you pitch this certain fly to a certain species of fish. There's this whole methodical process mm-hmm. about it and, and and really creative if we we break that down that is is really intriguing on that. So not the I, I love doing it. It's mm-hmm. just that's the way it's went. Like if yeah. Burton would have called me on day one and probably said, hey, you want to come up here and shoot some stuff? I might yeah. not be in fishing right now, but yeah. it's just how it rolled. Yeah. I will say, too, um, I like the skiff stuff. Maybe that's what kept me in the fishing because I was 
doing when I was doing the swagger stuff, it was obviously on the swagger, sixty four foot sporter. Um, and then now doing all the skiff skinny water stuff, it's like a whole new ball game and it's way different shooting being able to get off the boat and yes. like get weird stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, it just opens it up. You're not sitting in a cockpit just like filming all day. Yeah. Oh, you got the drone up? Oh, that's the only like different angle you're gonna get. Um yeah, I think the freedom in some of these little skinny water kind of stuff. And then Benny's show we do, and uh, I also like his stance, uh, the whole concept of the show and yeah. conservation, and um, it's super important to both of us because we did grow up here in Florida. And mm -hmm. um, But also, he he allows us, like, the creative freedom. Yeah, he he doesn't say anything. It's get the message across, but, like, Shoot it how you want, edit how you want, color how you want, whatever. It's just like nothing. Mm. Yeah, it leaves that creative freedom somewhat yeah. up to us. Yeah, which, which a lot huge. of the other clients we've had are just like, this is what we want, mm. this is what works, this is how you're going to shoot yeah. it. And you're, I mean, you do those, but it's not. And then my thing, I think it goes back to on Benny's show specifically, is with the water restoration thing, is like our whole life, like, you know, there's somewhat a purpose in, involved in, uh, not to get off in a rabbit hole, but you go from military to police work, you feel as a like a, a man of a house or whatever, that there's some type of purpose in there. Mm -hmm. So when Benny came calling me and Steve, it, it kind of like, there's purpose behind this show. Mm -hmm. there, water, there's a bigger message than us just going out there and shooting a fishing show to get put on Waypoint or whatever. It, there, there's meaning behind this and you can make actual change by what you guys do and him mm -hmm. allowing us to make the creative have the creative freedom to handle that show you know so now our personal touch is on like stuff that could possibly be involved in making a lot bigger change than that is beyond what I ever would have thought yeah it's interesting because a lot of people that I've interviewed and had you know the opportunity to spend time with and fish with or hang out with the people that I feel most drawn to. And I don't know, most inspired by are the people who like they, the, that kind of what's the meaning of what I'm doing, you know, that to me, that's a common thread, whether they're, you know, I remember sitting down with Vince Degura and in, in my interview with him and Vince just stopped by like 10 minutes ago uh -huh. and was hanging out. But you know, he was like, I, I growing up, he saw these kids wear these clothes and, and then he was like, well, you know, I wanted to make a clothing company that meant something to people. Like you would see it and you'd know exactly like, you're like, I know a little bit about you mm -hmm. just because you're like wearing these things. And, um, you know, to, to me, like a lot of great guides, they don't just like go out and take people fishing and think about numbers of fish caught. They like, there's a meaning in what they're doing. Like it's special to them. They're sh sharing something like they want to understand it. I'm curious just because you guys have spent so much time, Kind of like that's a similar. I always text you guys that I'm a road pup. I'm not a road dog yet, but one day, aspiring road dog, mm -hmm. I'm the road pup. Um, you know, driving around and, and flying around and spending all this time with all these different people who are great fishing guides offshore and inshore. What are some common threads or themes that you've seen across the board with people you've been on the boat with? I think for me, it's just seeing like their tenacity with it. Like you can tell, like. There's certain guys you get on the boat with they're super passionate about and super driven about like what they're doing down to like how they handle their bait how they their whole setup process how mm -hmm. they approach fishing in general not just catching the fish but down to like every little detail and more often than not that guy's probably going to be a little bit more successful than the yeah. next yeah <laughs> you know yeah i would say it's almost like you can judge them more so by their off time like yes the off the water time yeah. um 
you know, when like we usually meet people where you go to dinner or whatever and like there's the guys that are just like fucking off and drinking and whatever. And then there's the guys that are like have the plan for the next day. This is this, this is this. Mm. They know it like nothing like it's clockwork and they're super into it. Yeah. And that's where you can to me, you can see that passion. And those well, are the guys. that. Are and to add on that is. It is fishing, and at the end of the day, everything doesn't go according to plan. It's mm. the ones that I think that can adapt to that and mm. on the fly, like really quick and be successful at it. I think, you know, that's yeah. what separates them to me. Yeah, and there's that added pressure when the cameras are rolling and there's mm. a bunch of money being spent. And, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, like for even, even when, when I did that episode in Jacksonville with Benny, like, you know, with my background in working – with city church like i'm used to like speaking in front of hundreds of people no problem do the podcast no problem Mm -hmm. here's a redfish and the video cameras are rolling and there's six people watching you and that was the most nervous i've been in my adult life for some reason (laughs) everybody's different like we were joking because you know steve's a little nervous right now and we're like and we're like like it's just funny how like everybody has their own little things but I'm wondering too, like, you, you know, w- when you've been on boats with people and you've had to see them make adjustments, like any stories or things that you were impressed by that, that you watched somebody do? Hmm. That's a good one. Because we've seen so many. Hmm. I don't know. There, I mean, I feel like the good guides always have their little, like, day saver spots, you know, mm-hmm. or, like, their day saver fucking ideas or whatever. Um, I mean, we've, I've been on some really grinding shoots where it's, like, spend, spend a week in the Bahamas and you don't get a bite or something crazy, um, blue marlin fishing. But there's – I don't know. I think it's those guys that are prepared, and it's, like I said, go back to, like, the off time. Mm-hmm. Like, they're going back after – let's say unsuccessful on day one and they're going back changing the game plan figuring out how it's going to work whatever to make day two instead of being like oh fuck it it sucked i'm getting drunk yeah we're in i, the hope, Bahamas. I yeah. hope they show up to this spot tomorrow yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. i hope the fish and so that kind of correlates to filming too you know like there's so let's say the jacksonville episode it was tough fishing but you gotta make it work and yeah. there's so many times that like it does not go to plan and you go somewhere and the fishing wasn't that great and you gotta milk it or whatever you mm-hmm. have to do or get creative with this or that or change stuff i think it's just the biggest picture there is like being able to adapt I, mm-hmm. a lot of people i think if their first hand isn't the right hand they crumble and i think mm-hmm. that goes with a lot of things even production like mm-hmm. nothing ever goes according to plan because every time they adapt, we have to adapt, you mm-hmm. know? And so, and if you can't, I think you just be able, you have to be able to just, you know, be able to move accordingly, you know? And mm-hmm. a lot of people, you either make those changes or you don't make those changes. Mm-hmm. And, and I was even thinking of what Steve said about taking it serious off the water. I remember last year when we all showed up at Carter's house and we walk into like what is actually like a separate house where Carter keeps all of his gear and lures. And I had like probably 45 minutes in where Carter was just showing me, here's this lure, here's how I'd use it, why I'd use it, here's kind of, and like there was probably, if I had to guess, I mean, there were easily 5,000 items, if you, you know, all Mm -hmm. things considered in that place. And Carter had a purpose and an idea of how all of those items worked. And to me, I was like, wow, like this isn't a guy who just you 
got lucky showing up to a spot. This was a guy that, you know, is thinking through like tomorrow, what are we going to do? What gear are we going to bring? And he has yeah. a familiarity with all of his gear. That's kind of similar to create a parallel here with the production world. You know, um, that's kind of similar to what you guys do. So it's kind of fun to be, you know, had the privilege of being on some shoots, like some different uh, TV shows and stuff where it, when you have somebody like a Carter or somebody like that who knows their gear really well, like they know the ins and outs of every freaking piece of gear they're using that day. And the camera guy's the same exact way. Like th I'm using this lens, this camera body mm -hmm. at this aperture at, yeah. you know, and it, to me, like when all those things are clicking and you see people hone in their craft, like that's a pretty cool thing to watch. But I, I would say also, I think Carter is like one of those guys that's super open to change too. Like yeah. I've been around some guys that like see a new whatever mm -hmm. lure and stuff and Carter does that and he was doing it there, like talking about stuff that he hadn't tried and he's like mm -hmm. all excited. Oh yeah, I could try this on this kind of, and it's kind of like that with production too, yeah. you know, always thinking like, okay, yeah, I'm dialed in. I know what I'm going to do today this is what I'm going to shoot. But also like being able to like, oh man, this guy's got a sick ass camera or whatever. Mm -hmm. I want to try that lens today and just fuck it. I'm going to shoot on a lens that I'm not <laughs> supposed to be shooting on all day and figure it out. Oh. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree in the production side of that. Like, again, fishing's not the same. So we have to be able to adjust on the fly as far as like angles, even down to like, okay, we can't do this because of this. Well, mm -hmm. now on the fly, we're going to attack it this way. I think too, like anglers, you know, there's some of them are stuck in their ways and they're not going a different avenue. They're not mm -hmm. willing to like, hey, maybe this might work. You know, mm -hmm. they just, they're stuck. And they can't, they're just stuck in their ways. I don't even know how to say that. right. Yeah. Well, when you were talking about the fly fishing thing, and I think it's, I think it's across the whole board with the creativity, not to just get too, you know, philosophical and just lose everybody listening. But, you know, there is this sense of creativity that, that happens with all really great anglers and really great guides where, you know, and a lot of them, a lot of really great guides are also creative in other ways. They're mm -hmm. photographers, painters, mm -hmm. woodworkers, whatever. Um, and I do think there's a parallel, like, you know, between that where they're wanting to try different things and they're wanting to, you know, I think, I think push themselves in a similar way that like a really good artist would want to push themselves and wouldn't be like, oh, I learned how to draw this thing. I'd like to draw this one thing the rest of my life versus like, hey, I've got these 12 spots. I'd like to go to these 12 spots four days a week for the rest of my life. Like, it's just not, that's <laughs> yeah. not scratching it for them. And I think there's a ton of great parallels there mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for sure if you guys are good let's do some some fun rapid fire yeah okay shoot all right, <laughs> all right. well my, my first one is so we talked about you guys being road dogs and that's a that's a very um prominent hashtag for anybody who follows you guys on the social medias <laughs> hashtag road road dogging um and uh i'm curious just like with how much you guys travel and transporting gear what are some little tips on travel tips from from the uh from the road dogs I'll hit this one. Go. So in our end, and make this the shortest possible answer. In it doesn't have to be short. Yeah, in our, our industry, we were talking about this actually earlier. The short-term answer is pack light. Like, especially if you're doing what we're doing, in mm -hmm. and off boats, skiffs, there's not a lot of room. Like, we don't have, you don't, a lot of, you don't need to overpack it. I, mm -hmm. 
And I think a lot of people get stuck on gear. Like, hey, I need, this is the next best camera out right now. So I'm going to take that next best camera and I'm going to mm-hmm. run with it and I'm going to get all this stuff. And when you break that down, I mean, I got trapped into that my first year too. And now I don't use three fourths of it. And mm-hmm. Steve is the perfect example of that, man. The guy can pull off miracles with like nothing. So yeah. I'm like, and I learned from that. So I think that the biggest thing is it's just packing off. It's just packing light, you know, like you don't need but, unnecessary but, stuff. But how do you, so how do you work through what's necessary? Cause I think that's the hard part for me when I'm new in something is that like, you know, and it's the same with, it's the same with fishing tackle, right? Like I fished with some guides and they're like, I have, I have 20 of three different patterns and that's it. Mm-hmm. And it's cause they know, they know what's going on. They don't need a hundred. Oh, well this will mm-hmm. be my hundredth option if that's not working, you know? So it's like, how do you figure out like that minimalism? Like, do you have any tips on trying to pare stuff down and really figure out what matters? I mean, everything, all these cameras are so good. So you can get pretty simplistic with just the camera. And I would say it, it's, it's what you're comfortable with. Like you can get really good with a film camera or like those, like sometimes I'll attach um, to the Sony, like some little vintage film camera lens and like, you get that yeah. going and you can like shoot it like crazy. If I gave it to you, you'd be like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> um, so I think it's like whatever you're comfortable with. And then you kind of switch. That's a way I pack light. I mean, I put two lenses in, but I can do those lenses. Or with the job. I mean, a lot comes yeah. out, it, well, yeah. sounds super important. So have quality mm-hmm. sound. I mean, mm-hmm. so there's items that you cannot not have, but there's items like, you know, yeah. hey, do we need x y and z because we're going to be in boats all day and we probably don't need it and then have unlimited stock at wawa mm-hmm. you know yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well no. it's uh yeah. i i don't know i mean i think too for me like um i've i've tried to to live that way myself in a lot of ways and it's like i don't have tons of podcast gear but i bought the best possible gear yeah, i could yeah, buy yeah and then so i don't need like 50 de- little devices to try to make crappy gear sound like good gear mm-hmm. if you just do just have the, do good the right gear, gear. Yeah. you know yeah and, so then, if, and then when you have when you think you have enough probably strip that down again by like another 25 percent mm-hmm. you know if we can fit it all in one pelican case we're good <laughs> Yeah. Is that the goal for you guys is to fit it into basically a 24 by 14? I made that dimension up, but if I can put everything in one Pelican case and then we Steve yells at me constantly. You want to talk about an argument we get into all the time is when we go to go on a shoot and you uh, look like, you look like, uh, you know, like on all the Hollywood films when the like stereotypical, you know, kind of like, suburban wife is like yeah, with I, 50 bags uh-huh. getting that's on the Chad. airplane yeah i like to Chad. be prepared man <laughs> like yeah. so what, what, like what book happens of well, that's the, but book that's of the fear with minimalism is like you're like you know <laughs> yeah. yeah i don't need to bring yeah. eight batteries and you get on the boat and then your it's, batteries die and then now yeah. the whole it's the military and i mean he's got to be like prepared for everything yeah i am ready to go to war at yeah, any like destination the, yeah. we go to he's got like the like astronaut food you know yeah so and then I realized that I didn't use three fourths of it. So the next time I pack a little lighter, and you know if we can get it all into the back of a car, I think yeah. we're good. Yeah, yeah. I, I was with somebody this year, and I don't remember it, who it was, but they were talking about their travel philosophy. And obviously, like so, like you know, when you're fishing, you need to have enough flies. When you're videoing, yeah. you need to have enough memory cards. You need to have mm-hmm. enough batteries. But like one of the things they said to me was like they can just travel everything in a, in a duffel bag. And then their whole rule is like, if I can easily buy it, like, for instance, you might be like, oh, like I want to bring like, 
you know, a bunch of extra underwear, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. which when you need extra <laughs> yeah. underwear, yeah. you need yeah. extra yeah. underwear. Yeah. But his whole thing is like, but like I'm traveling to, you know, Boston. If yeah. I need extra underwear, I, there's definitely a very good possibility I can find a pair yeah, of underwear. Yeah, that's true. One hundred percent. Yeah, so. I've bought a lot of GoPros in the airport. Like, oh fuck, I forgot my GoPro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know that's so funny because I always premium. wonder. I when I go to the airport, I always go, "Who, Who the buy? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's Steve. It's preach productions. <laughs> I know where my preach at. They're like that guy keeps us in business. Yeah, there's that one but, guy. Uh, yeah. Where Steve brings his like twelve by twelve shoebox full of camera gear. Yeah. And one outfit. I'm yeah. ready to go for a week. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. buy used. No. I buy everything used. I've yeah. been I've been on the water a few times with you guys, and uh, Chad definitely never brings sunscreen. No. I feel like Chad gets sunburnt no. every time I'm on the boat. Yeah, and he wears like short sleeves yeah. all the time. I don't get it. I don't get it's it. It's a at tattoo all. thing. Dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he's got to show off his like tatted yeah, guys yeah. and stuff. <laughs> but um, you know, like so that was not rapid at all, but it was still really good. Um, uh, my my next question is um. Out of out of all the different guides that you've been with, and I'm not gonna put you on the spot with Benny's because you guys are shooting Benny's show. So we're gonna take Benny off it. We know that Benny's made an impression on you. We're gonna take him off the table just because you're shooting his show. Who has made the biggest impression on you, or you feel like somebody that's inspired you the most? Guides. Guides or TV mm. hosts. They don't have to be guides, but somebody mm, that you filmed fishing. Mm. I I think a lot of. I'm not going to name names, but I think I'll speak for the, we'll quote unquote, call them the no ones of the world. But mm. you see all these guys and not to take anything away from but like the Bennies and stuff of the world and their craft, they're what everybody sees. Mm. But it, I think I've been with some guides that we'll never know sitting here. They don't do it for a TV show. They don't, they probably just do it for the love of fishing. And mm -hmm. that's what they grew up on from their dad, grandfather, whatever, and how they had like attack fishing, some of the best fishermen I know would never, they, I don't even know if they have social media barely or they mm -hmm. never pay attention to it or they're not on a TV show. And to see those guys, like I'll never forget one time, a lot of guides we know get tied up on their spots. They're over on Instagram, blurring out their backgrounds and all this mm -hmm. tacky stuff. But I, I'll never forget. I was with a guide and he's no TV show. It's when I was coming up and I was just used, you know, we became friends and I just hopped on this boat. Here, I'm going to mm -hmm. take some photos. I'm going to be holding on this craft. So almost like practicing, I guess we would call it. And he was not worried about like another boat coming in on a spot. He goes, because he told me, he goes, that guy's not going to know how to catch these fish anyway. There's like, mm -hmm. a, there's a tactic to this that he's learned over the years. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, I watched that guy come up on his spot, didn't catch a single fish. And the guy I was with was knocking him down left and right. And you mm -hmm. could see the guy over there like flustered on like, mm -hmm. how is this guy catching these fish <laughs> and I'm sitting so he wasn't even worried about his spot or any of that stuff I think so it's how he approached mm -hmm. like probably his philosophy and how he approached fishing and he doesn't do it for no he ain't holding up his Instagram stories or I'll tell you mm -hmm. that you know he doesn't care I think so I think I'm impressed by a lot of the people that don't do it for anything but like the love of whatever it is they do mm -hmm. you know I'd say um Mine are like the young guys. It's like a lot of the guys that like camera boat driver, young guy, you know oh, yeah, what I'm yeah, talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, he's a fucking ace. And yeah. He's like, I don't know, the young kids that are super hungry and they're mm -hmm. like, like, I feel like the old guys get complacent and they're mm -hmm. like the pros and get all the fame and stuff. And it's like the young camera boat driver guy that does like, he's got better eyes than everyone on the boat and like mm -hmm. spots a fish like 
300 yards out here. I feel like that guy needs recognition. Man. Yeah. <laughs> I've been, well, we're talking about Pete Lopez. He, he does uh, yeah, he's a, a few TV show and he's, he's a guy, but he's always like the camera boat for us sometimes. And, uh, He's fucking good. And there's mm-hmm. been times where he's looking at a fish. I'm like, what are you looking at? Oh, stop. Like, what are you looking at? Right there. You can't see him? I'm like, no, man. I don't see anything. <laughs> what are you talking about? Those kids are pretty impressive. Not to make this long-winded, we were shooting uh, a product, like, shots for – and Pete, again, was the chase boat guy or whatever. Mm-hmm. And and he walked up there on the bow after the other guy wasn't catching anything and just sniped down, like, ten of them. Like, it yeah, was nothing. crazy. It's And it's like – You know what Pete, makes, right? No, I actually, I haven't met met Pete. Oh, no, he's he's young super kid, soft-spoken, yeah, yeah. very young humble, kid, very humble, but he's very good. And uh, those are the kids that I'm like, well, mm. yeah, that kid's fucking good. Mm. Yeah. yeah. What's a, if if somebody was wanting to get into videography or photography, what what advice would you give them? Gear, philosophy, whatever. What advice would you would you want to give to a young aspiring road dog? Hmm. I would say. Uh, really like the most that's another thing that works well with us it's like work ethic I feel like that gets passed up a lot especially mm-hmm. camera guys and um, you know cause most I would say most camera guys that I know or young kids trying to get into it are like fish nerds they love fishing that's what and so that's their like kind of way in and they get mm-hmm. a camera and then they're like um, and I feel like they don't have that work ethic they're not they want to be fishing more than taking the photo kind mm-hmm. of thing. Um, showing up on time. It's like a small little thing, but it mm-hmm. like, you know, putting yeah. in the extra hours, editing till fucking one in the morning to get the thing out in the morning. Yeah. It's um, the little things that yeah. people often, they, the younger or other camera guys, I feel like get caught up in the gear. It's the little things that take you a long way. I think mm-hmm. a lot of people sometimes will get that question. Like, how did y'all get this job or this gig or whatever, yeah. man? It's not that we have better gear than you or we do anything better. It's the little things, showing up yeah. on time, doing the things. Being professional. Profession. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and proficient. And, and yeah. it's the little things. We've had that come up a lot. Like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, Just it, being professional. I think that's it. Like, you take yourself professionally. You show up on time. You work. You don't complain. Like, you're yeah. out there. You know, you conduct yourself. You're on a skiff with someone for whatever 12 hours a day, 15 hours a day, and, like, six-foot radius of each other. Like, you got to not be a dick that, like, is, you know, on his phone or something when you're yeah. supposed to be working. You know, just stuff like that. Yeah, I, that's a that's huge. Yeah. A- and then, too, like, back on that, we had a client one time tell us that the reason why they didn't go with the other, quote-unquote, crew or person is because they, they felt like they were more into fishing than rather than doing their job. Well, if you're hired out there to do something, I mean mm. – Mm-hmm. You know, probably take your job probably a little serious, and not to say that no one do- doesn't, but it's the little things I think nowadays mm-hmm, yeah. that go a long way. It's kind of like a lost art, the simple mm-hmm. things. Yeah, I know that you guys are kind of similar to me too. That you know, as you've been kind of building preach and working in different aspects of the industry, like it's strengthened your concern or your, your commitment to to conservation. How's that played out in what you guys are doing over the past year or two? I mean, so the biggest thing is we do the Benny show, and then that adds on to, like, all the different, like, you know, captains for clean water we do stuff for. Tampa Bay Waterkeeper. Tampa Bay Waterkeeper, Tampa Bay Estuary Program. Um, um, Yeah, I mean, 
it's obviously very important to us because we grew up in Florida and I mean, water is everything in this state. And, mm-hmm. um, I grew up fishing and surfing here and, um, you know, the one that hit the hardest was this last red tide. And we did a thing with Dustin and Tampa Bay Waterkeeper. Um, cause the red tide was, I mean, I've been here my whole life and it's never looked yeah. like that. Um, and it, it does, it feels good giving back. I mm-hmm. mean, we both have kids and, um, it just feels like you're doing something more than just filming a fishing mm-hmm. show. And, um, like Chad was saying, if it adds to, um, actual legislative change that helps the state or helps their water or whatever that mm-hmm. you're interested in, I mean, it's, you know, obviously the icing on the cake. Yeah. No price tag on that. No. My last question is if you could go back to your, to yourself, usually I say when you're a kid, mm-hmm. which swap it up a little bit when you were living in the, the pre tattoo parlor, little house in Ebor mm-hmm. and Chad was kicking down doors <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> Chad, I feel like Chad was like a, if Chad had a video game, it'd just be like him kicking down, doors, like, yaw, yaw, yaw. like just, you know, because he was like, I kicked down that door, that yeah. door, that door. He's that just door. the door kicker. He door didn't kicker. do anything else. He just like <laughs> battered him into the door. door. <laughs> he, dude, he had such a strong kick. <laughs> Stay away from Chad. He will I have never actually kicked down a door. <laughs> <laughs> he, did you use one of the big like? No, I was never that guy because I was always a small guy. Oh, oh. Yeah. So you were uh, the guy that went in after the guy. You were, you were the knocks guy. Knocks the door in. You were the guy that stayed in the car and like watched. Uh, wa- <laughs> yeah, well, the water. Guys, uh, there's some people in there you probably don't want to go on the radio. <laughs> if you guys broken arrow broken arrow <laughs> if you guys could go back to yourself like right before kind of a lot of this kicked off what advice would you would you give to yourself i honestly don't know in the most humble reply possible i would change anything like as far as i think my life experience has kind of shaped you know how it is mm-hmm. how i am today even with the video thing um Things I learned in the Marines, things I've learned through life experience mm-hmm. doing law enforcement, I, I think it would be to just, I hate to say it, it sounds tacky, but like live life. Like, man, you just, you, life's short and just, mm-hmm. you know, do whatever makes you happy and, and tack it, attack it fiercely. I mean, like when we got it, we do this photo thing. Yeah, we like to have fun and we, do, we have fun doing these things, but we are serious about it too, you know. Mm-hmm. That's, so I, th- I think it's just have as much fun as possible and life short. And when life closes a door, kick it down, kick it down, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I, I, that's my, my take on that. I don't know if I would change anything. I think I would, uh, I don't know, just be more, um, diverse from the beginning and just mm-hmm. like, kind of, like you said, like attack everything that you can, you know, um, especially like being young, you kind of have it in your head. Like, this is what I want to do. And I want to go, like, just don't say no to anything, right. you know, just go, yeah. yeah, go for it, whatever. Mm-hmm. Some you go here, go there, whatever. I don't know. It, it could take you anywhere and kick look down it up. the door, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the door. Kick down that door. And look at us. Look at where we're here. We're on the captain's crazy. podcast. <laughs> yeah. and we're sitting here with Hunter. The well, big dog, the well, pup, <laughs> road pup, the road pup, uh, the aspiring road dog. But no, you know, it's been it's been a lot of fun to get to work with you guys over the past couple of years. And I'm excited just for for continued opportunities to do that. Thank you all for hanging out and sharing a little bit of your story. And I'm sure we'll have more fun stuff to come. For sure, Thank you, dude. Hunter. Thank you.
Thanks again for listening to The Captain's Collective. Please help us out by leaving a review on iTunes and sharing this podcast. We hope that you enjoy. This is The Captain's Collective. Anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Abyss Battery, Waypoint TV. In Wild Country, rules were not created by man. Don't miss Wild Country, Wednesdays from 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Primos. Speak the language. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.